Let's imagine the not-too-distant future. You feel more in control of your photos than you ever have before. You look forward to the regular creative dates on your calendar. You're moving forward on that project that means so much to you. You are on fire with inspiration, and you are finally scrapbooking consistently. This is not a hypothetical, it's a real-life possibility. And for the first time, I've created a workshop specifically focused on the problem of consistency. It's called Sparked, and I'm excited to share it with you for free. Visit simplescrapper.com sparked to get access to the training and make this possibility your reality. This sometimes can be kind of harsh, but years ago, I heard the phrase, the idea of Justin Case, as like a man's name, Justin, last name Case, does not live here. So whenever my husband and I are doing like a big kind of declutter purge session, usually it involves the basement, and there's always some like random... I don't know, home repair item that we have like, well, maybe, maybe we should keep this. And then we always ask, does Justin live here? No, he doesn't. So we just need to let this go. Welcome to Scrapbook Your Way, the show that explores the breadth of ways to be a memory keeper today. I'm your host, Jennifer Wilson, owner of Simple Scrapper and author of The New Rules of Scrapbooking. This is episode 57. In this episode, I'm joined by Kim Edson to reflect on the past month and explore what's up next for March. This is our monthly peek behind the scenes at Simple Scrapper. Hey, Kim, welcome back to the podcast. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I always love these chats and can't wait to just share what's going on with us and talk a little bit about what we have planned for March's decluttering month. So maybe you can kick it off to share anything new with you. Uh, I've been doing a little bit of my own decluttering. I got it into my head that I needed to like dive into a deep clean of my whole like living room area, which is actually like three rooms in one. And I was like emptying cabinets and built in shelves and just like tearing everything apart, which now I'm to the point of like gradually putting things back. So that has been it's been a bit eye-opening because I, I don't think I've done this for a long time. Have you ever heard of, um, she's called the Nestor, Mike Quillen Smith. Oh yeah. I've even met her. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Yeah. So she's got this thing where she's like, you reset a room as you like take all the, like the little doodads out and then live with it for a few days and like gradually put things back. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that concept. Yeah. So I'm kind of using that approach and it was kind of eye-opening to think as I've seen like all of, like the little decor items sitting around, I was like, is that still like I've had that 20 years? Like, do I still really love it or do I just put it out because that's what I have? So it's kind of been insightful. And then just the matter of going through, right? Like, my daughter sorted through their books and their movies and all of those things. So it's been good. So I think I'm like, I'm like prepping for decluttering month. I'm just getting a head start. I almost feel like this is going to be like decluttering year. It definitely feels like a year of release. And I've been doing some small projects. I just did all of my travel toiletries and it feels kind of embarrassing to call that a whole project. But I had literally an entire dresser drawer of travel toiletry bags and travel toiletries. 
And I'm like, some of this stuff is like 10 years old and I've never used it. Like I was, uh, you know, the hoarder of like hotel shampoos because somebody once said, well, you need to save those for your guests. I'm like, well, all my guests bring their own shampoo. (laughs) I just have shampoo in the shower. Well, the thing about the travel toiletries that I always think is like if something's like half used, like maybe that won't be enough to get you through your next trips. Then you get something new or right. Oh, yeah, for sure. You just need to like end it. Yeah. So I've been really practicing a lot of letting go with especially consumable things that are past their prime. I had tended to save it for just in case, which I think we will cover a little bit later. Um, yes. But yeah, I, I just I want that release of things need to go away. I want to have just the things that I love. I'm working a little bit on my closet as well. Um, still challenging with like I have a little bit of like Maybe I'd wear this in the future and I probably should just let things go, but I'm trying to, I guess, marinate on that, the idea of letting those items go. I don't know. But this is definitely something that is top of mind for me, both inside of my scrapbook room and outside of it. Awesome. Yeah. I'm also excited about something else. And you already know about this and some of our members and our team knows about this, but I'm going to Sweden next month. and. Yeah, I know. I just, I can't believe it. This was my husband's birthday present for me because you guys, everyone in the whole world knows that I turned 40 this year and I'm 25% Swedish and we've been doing a lot of genealogy research. So yeah, that is happening. I am already thinking about how we're going to scrapbook it, all the photos we're going to take, how all the metadata I need to collect, because especially with like going to family history related sites, I have to document these things. Otherwise I'm not going to remember like what this house was or what all these other things were. No, that is so fun. Um, I have a friend who's done that. Um, her husband's Irish and she's Danish. And so, um, they've done both trips for both sides of their families. Um, and yeah, they like actually met people that in her family and like got to like see the town and you know the little church where the the people were married and buried and like I don't know it sounded amazing yeah we have connected with some people on both um my grandfather and my grandmother's sides of their family and we are meeting them when we're over there which is it's just it's so crazy yeah. yeah that's nuts yeah. And so, I mean, with this, though, I feel this pressure in scrapbooking that I really need to get done my last major travel book, which is our Disney trip from last year. Because I know once I have another, you know, thousand photos, I won't ever go back. So I'm trying to, like, work through any mental blocks and dive into this Disney photo book and see, like, how quickly I can get it done before we go. And how is that working? I've started editing photos last night. I felt really good that I'd already done a lot of like photo decluttering. I'd already probably eliminated two thirds of what we had taken. Um, there's still some going to be decision making. So, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm feeling optimistic that it, especially since it feels really important to finish this before we go. So this is kind of my, my hobby work right now. Well, no, and that's, it's good to create a deadline, I think for yourself. Oh, yeah. Because Sometimes you need it that. It gives you something to work towards. Yes. And I know that I won't regret the time, even if it's, you know, staying up late. I won't regret that this is done when mm-hmm. we get back, um, you know, mid-March. Yes, for sure. So, yeah, like, I guess that's a good transition into, like, what's what are you into right now in scrapbooking? Well, I got my December album back a few weeks ago, and I had ordered it through Printique, which Ooh. was formerly Adorama. Yeah. And they had a sale, and I kind of made a big push at the end to get it ordered. And, uh, I like it. It 
it's very different. And I don't know if it's because of the, the certain kind of book. It was a hardcover. I think it was called their hardcover photo book or something. But basically I got, it was a, um, like a little portrait eight by six size. So, you know, like the standard six by eight type album, the pages are super thick. They're almost, they reminded me of a board book. Is it, is it a lay flat book? No, I don't know. So I don't know. It's a little funky. I mean, I like it. I think the pictures are good. The, you know, like the Christmas of the photos, the colors, it all looks good. It seems super sturdy. It's just different than what I expected. I don't know. So, um, I'm excited to like continue to explore options related to photo books. My next one is, um, well, and that's the other thing too. I didn't do it just as a traditional like photo book collage type thing. I did like digital scrapbook pages, very simple ones, mm-hmm. and then uploaded those. Um, so I'm going to do that approach again for a family trip from last summer. That's so fun. yeah, I'm still just like dabbling. We'll see, you know, experimenting. Well, I think when you can embrace like the experimentation of it, it makes it like a fun, exciting thing to like, Ooh, how's this one going to turn out? And you can yes. like gain experience with different, different companies and see what you really like. I'm just, I'm really surprised that I would expect more board book feel with a lay flat book, but to have one that's not lay flat is kind of strange. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe I need to go look at it again. Like I said, it was like the sale was ending like that night and I was like, just trying to get, get it done. Yeah. Done. And it wasn't like it was a huge sale, but, you know, it paid for shipping. Um, and I think the whole, I think for years I've thought about the whole concept of doing photo books. And I always wanted to know, right? Like, I want to know which one I want. I want to know how it's going to work out. And I think this year I finally have been able to kind of let go of that and just be okay with the idea of just taking it as it comes and seeing how it evolves as opposed to always having to like have the answers up front. And I think that was a big thing in um, Elise Kripe's book where she talked about at some point you just have to start. Yes, because I I immediately would think of, oh, well, if I need to know then I need to do research, that means reading blog posts and watching videos and like doing an exhaustive comparison in order to make a decision. And that's totally in my personality. Like I am the spreadsheet queen, but how much time are you spending doing that versus actually getting the project done? Well, and I tried to do that and I found it very difficult because there were so many variables involved. Yes. So, um, between, you know, binding and paper type and who had sales and didn't run sales and, um, just so many variables that it was just hard to tell. So at some point I just went for it. Good for you. Yeah, no, that's awesome. I can't wait to see like how these all come together. And I just think it's awesome that you're making books because, you know, we talk about this format a lot and I still think there's a lot of scrapbookers that feel that hesitant, that they're not, they're not real scrapbooks or they're, they're somehow Mm -hmm. lesser than, but really in, in a lot of ways, there's so much more than because they're helping you document some of these stories that feel, can feel intimidating because of the number of photos you have. Yeah. Um, in a way that's much more practical. That's still a well, lot. I, you still have lots of time to make other scrapbook things. Right. And I think these work well for when I have something that has a very definitive like beginning and an end, yes. like a trip or yes. a December album where this is my beginning. This is my end. I'm not, I have no plans to continually add to this album. So I think that is where it is a good fit for me. Yes. Great point. Like having boundaries like makes it really clear because you can sit down and like just do it. Mm hmm. So for me, I'm still loving hybrid. Um, and of course, I have to really thank you for really kind of 
reintroducing me to the awesomeness of this format. And I've yes. been doing a lot of like, I just set it up in Photoshop with my journaling and my photo placement. And then I decide kind of all the embellishment parts, like after I print it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just kind of like leave some white space for whatever might, you know, <laughs> throw up on the page. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. It's just, it's so freeing for me to not have to have any of that anxiety of, am I going to totally screw up this page because I forgot a letter and a word, which often happens when I handwrite things. Oh, yeah. So. I forget, I forgot a whole sentence the last time I handwrote something. Like, I did a (laughs) draft because I wanted to make sure, you know, I had all of my thoughts collected. And then when I actually wrote it on the background of my paper, I left out an entire sentence. So, now. I get that very much so. Did it did it make sense still mostly? Um, no, I tried to like tack it on in the end, so it worked. But yeah. it was just like, oh yeah, hmm, that was kind of an important part. But and then I saw. Um, did you do the leaf, the leaf cut with um, iris foxes? I so did. Like, I have not finished the page yet. I've been kind of I gathering saw the little some Instagram things. Yeah, tease. it looks gorgeous. I'm so excited about that. Like, it's just so fun. I really wish I'd gotten my silhouette out a long time ago. But, you know, there's a season for everything um, on, well, let's see. I don't even know what day it is anymore. Is this episode coming out this next Monday? Yes, because it's February yeah, yeah. and it's a short month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So this past week, though, the 17th episode, um, which actually came out on the 18th. <laughs> so our last episode of the podcast, I one of the last questions was, what is something that you're really excited about trying? And I was like, you know what? Like, I'm going to really go hardcore on my silhouette this year. And if I still love it, I think getting the new one for, you know, Black Friday or Christmas or whatever mm-hmm. would be a great thing. But it's definitely not something I feel like I deserve because this this little baby here needs some attention after five years sitting on a shelf. Um, but she is a little slow and cranky. Yeah. Well, that's motivation. Yeah. But it's, it's so fun. And I love like finding, digging into my stash. Cause I found this old piece of basic gray pattern paper and it has like, so, you know, like the texture of cardstock, it can be like basket weaver, orange peel. Mm-hmm. This pattern paper has a texture. Doesn't Cardabella do that? I don't know. I don't know if I have any Cartabella, but I, I'm like, I really like this. This is special. Yeah, it's cool. I yeah. know what you're talking about. So I'm it like, it's very elevated, doesn't it? It does. And it's almost, I do have to have a little like, I need to find all the right things for this page and find the right photo and make it something really special. Um, and maybe I'll end up just making it as like a, a shadow box thing and frame it and keep it or, or give it away. But just really, it feels worthy of that. No pressure. Especially with like the leaf cuts popping up. Mm-hmm. I don't want to stick those in a page protector. They're just going to get smushed down. Yeah. That's a really pretty cut file. Yeah. All right. So let's shift into talking about our bucket list and storytelling. We've already mentioned uh, actually a number of stories that we want to tell, but what's one that's on your bucket list? Well, with my whole deep clean purge situation going on right now, I had a lot of thoughts about the idea of minimalism or being a minimalist. And it kind of came up over the holidays at a family gathering and people, my, um, I had a family member that said, Kim's a minimalist. And I don't know so much that I think of myself as a minimalist, but I very much want to use and love what I have. So 
I think addressing that kind of aspect of my personality is it's more so than just, you know, a number of items or whatever. And it's even something that as a child, I remember I had far more dolls than any one child needed, but I had like my favorites and I would feel guilty about if I didn't play with like all the dolls, like I would rotate them through. (laughs) So it's kind of the same way with even like my things now, right? Like even my clothes, my closet, like I try to, for the most part, I wear everything that I have. And so I think that's kind of interesting how that translates into, you know, home decor and um, purchasing habits and all of those things. But it's, it's definitely one of those things where I feel like it's multiple stories. It's so many stories to how to corral it all together. I don't know. That sounds like a fun photo book. Yeah. And or then a it could mini kind of album or just like something that's more of a project yeah. than one layout maybe. I don't know. Yeah. But it's kind of funny to think back, right? I had Claire. She was my first Cabbage Patch doll. She was my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I have to make sure to rotate in some other ones because otherwise it was just sad. Oh, I know. I felt bad for the dolls, which probably tells you a lot about my personality. <laughs> I understand. I think Emily is the same way with her stuffed animals. So yeah. um, there's actually one sitting here right next to me because she apparently the stuffed animal told her that it needed more like attention during the day. So now it lives in my office during the day. That's really sweet. It's like a, a snow leopard. Nice. <laughs> But, you know, it's so fascinating you mentioned that you were having this conversation over the holidays because we had a very similar conversation about, like, it was more related to my lack of attachment to stuff. Because I was mentioning, like, I every time I come back from a trip, I want to do, like, massive cleaning and decluttering because I, I don't, I realize I don't need as much stuff as I have. And, like, I don't know, like... Some people see that as more of a personality flaw. I see it as an asset, and I, I very much identify with the way you feel about stuff, too. Like, I just want to have the things that I love and not have to worry about managing all the rest. Well, I think that's the thing, right? So even if you have them and you're not using them and you're storing them, you still have to, like, track them or clean them or maintain them or find a way to discard them. Or and- remember that they're there, you know? Yeah. Yes, for sure. Like even the stuff that you like put in a box in the basement, it's still weighing on you somewhere in the back of your mind. Your mind knows it's there and it's keeping track of, oh, there's this box of memorabilia from this time period in a box in the basement. Mm-hmm. So to so find some way to resolve, it, I think I have one daughter that is very much she likes she's more of a collector and she's less apt to let things go. So as we went through their books, um, that we had, I was like, okay, so this is a donate pile. This is keep accessible pile. And this is keep, but go into storage pile. And she definitely had a lot for the storage pile. So okay, yeah, I, I will have some boxes in my basement, which I'm, you know, I'm okay. She, my parents saved a bunch of my childhood books and my kids have read all of those series that I loved as a kid. So that is fun. It is but for sure. There's always the balance, I think for sure. One, I think, and I, and I know my mom's probably listening to this episode, but she really saved every single thing I had from my childhood, every book, every piece of memorabilia, um, because she wanted to let me make those decisions about what was important to me. Um, And it's, I mean, it's a challenge to that. So we're starting that process and starting to go through things. And there's there's not a lot that I still have a huge attachment to, but there are some things that I want. And it's why I think it's important for me to go through now is that I want Emily to 
experience these childhood things while she is still a child. I don't want to wait until she's out of the house and then it's like, oh, well, this would have been great when Emily was was 10. Yeah. So. And I think it also gives you insight, too, into what what you want to keep might also dictate a little bit about what you keep for Emily, too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She definitely is. She's more of a collector. Like, she has a little treasure chest of, like, bottle caps and other just little doodads. Oh, yeah. But she's very particular about what goes in there. Mm-hmm. Um, and... You know, I have actually I've kept a little cup in our kitchen. Anytime she says like there's a little plastic thing that she wants to keep, I just put it in this cup. Mm-hmm. And my goal is to find like at a flea market, like a really large jar type thing that eventually yes. I can just take all the like childhood little trinkets and put it in as like a display item. Yep, we've done that actually. So I think that is really fun because, you know, it's cute and it's it's the, every little thing has even if it's not a specific memory because it's like a spider ring from a party, all of it mm-hmm. together is so symbolic of childhood. Yeah. And I like everything. having containers for things too. <laughs> well, and then it, like you said, it elevates it to a piece of decor as opposed to just a pile of junk. Yes. That's, you know, just shoved in little corners of the house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously we've talked a lot about decluttering from the moment we started this episode. (laughs) I think this is a huge theme for this month. Um, I do want to mention the story that is on my mind and it's so weird because I was, I actually spent more time than I'd planned to going through my Lightroom photo library, trying to find images of different uh, pairs of glasses that I had. I started getting glasses when I was in college. Um, and at that point, I realized I probably should have had glasses much sooner than college. <laughs> I was like, whoa, that's a huge difference. Um, and I just got a new pair. And so I was trying to find like every single pair and figure out like how long I had each one. And I thought that was the story. But as I was mm-hmm. looking at like the sequence, I noticed this time period of like, here's like, you know, happy, jovial, like very energetic girl in this pair of glasses. And then two years later in the same pair of glasses, I'm like, this girl does not look jovial, happy. She looks sad. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. Whoa, what happened in that time period? It's like, Oh, only, you know, the most major upheaval of my entire life. Mm -hmm. And it's just so interesting to see that in two pictures. So I think that would be a really interesting story to just say like, you know, this was like the worst two years of my life. And you can see that in me and, I don't know. That that seemed much more of a bucket list type story than just the story of the glasses, which I still might do, but mm-hmm. it doesn't feel as like as, as significant as oh, oh oh shoot, what happened to her <laughs> in that yeah. two period of time? Well, and it's interesting because the idea of like these are the same glasses, and in theory, this is the same face, if you will, that you're get, presenting to the world, but how you feel internally, how that translates into your I don't know your appearance but like I guess like the what you're sending out into the world yeah so it's kind of like even though this is the same you know this is very very different yeah so it's just like super fascinating and I I think that's what I love about looking through looking for even if it's like something silly as like looking for pairs of glasses but looking for some sort of thread it could be like every time you wore a red shirt but looking for one of those things, you will notice so many different stories just from that little quest of trying to find related photos. Well, and I had one I came up the other day. I was working on a puzzle and I'm still trying to figure out the metaphor for it. But it was the idea of um, 
I should say this for my bucket list for next month, but the idea of like, I would, we, I always try to go through and find all the edge pieces. And there's a point in time where like, maybe I'm missing a few edge pieces, but I need to just start in on the rest of the puzzle. And it kind of made me think about the idea of being prepared to start something. And at some point you just need to like take the leap. Oh, that's, yeah, so. that's, that's, that's deep about your personality. Cause I can see that you need edges. <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, I know. That's a lot for like 630 in the morning, you know, <laughs> puzzling. But and there were so many more insights. So I tried to um, I didn't write them down at the time and I should have. But but yeah, so hopefully I'll like, gather this together in my mind yet. And it'll be a story. But, but no, I like the glasses idea. And I like the both sides of it because I've worn glasses since I was 12. And I but I also wear contacts. So I actually don't know if I would have pictures of me in all my glasses. So I only got contacts last year, so I have lots of glasses pictures. Yeah. And I was even like, when I, when I got my new pair, I was telling the lady there, she's like, because we were talking about like what level of scratch resistance I needed on my lenses. Mm-hmm. And like, well, this blast pair lasted me like four years and I had no scratches. And so I was going to, you know, pay for that upgrade. And I told her this whole story. I had this one pair that I'd had for like five years. I had no prescription changes. And then the, the dog literally ate my glasses. Oh gosh. And, but they had no scratches and I was so devastated because, you know, my previous pairs had always gotten scratched up within like six months. Um, so there definitely is a quality difference there. But I would say that the technology has even changed so much that it's much easier oh. to get that scratch protection. Yes. And that it lasts as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Okay. Let's continue into decluttering month. But first, let's kind of reflect on the find your way month. You know, I love this. I love this topic. You know, we have this is the Scrapbook Your Way podcast. We're doing the Your Way workshops every month. And so find your way month was really just like a celebration of this this underlying theme we have at Simple Scrapper of personalizing your hobby and really figuring out how things work best for you. Do you have any like takeaways from from this month? I think what I noticed from members and conversations, um, both you know live on Zoom events and also within um, the membership, was the idea of wanting to try. Specifically, I felt for like a lot of people it was like different sizes or formats. And sometimes I think people saw barriers that there were workarounds for. So we had a member that wanted to try nine by 12, but she said she only had like 12 by 12 products, but you know, it's actually pretty easy to make, you just make a nine by 12 layout and either, you know, stick it on a 12 by 12 background or, um, I have a fuse tool now, but before I had the fuse tool, I would just like stitch and cut down um, page protectors to make different size page protectors. So I think it's kind of the idea of a lot of times there are workarounds or options for you to make those things happen. So maybe you need to like dig a little deeper or, you know, ask for suggestions from, you know, the community or friends or um, whatnot. But I think there's ways to kind of dip your toe in the water. Yeah, and we've talked about this with like wanting to try mixed media or I've certainly done this with like I don't really have any supplies that are really meant for card making, but I have a lot of scrapbook supplies. Um, You know, even though all of my stamps are are words for the most part, I don't have any Mm -hmm. like cute fuzzy creatures. But, you know, I can practice and I can try to make cards and, and play with techniques. And if I find that I do enjoy this, then I can go and buy some of those supplies to really be more of a card maker. But it's worth finding out first before you make an investment. Right. I would agree. Yeah. So yeah, this month has been so fun. I've loved I love seeing 
the iterative process with our members as we kind of return to things with, with all different topics. But I think this month in particular showed, you know, that especially our members that have been with us for a long time, they've made such huge progress and really like streamlining to the point where they're like, hey, I don't really need to participate in this. And I'm like, that's great. I don't, you know, if it's not for you because you don't need that anymore, that's wonderful. I want you to go off and do your thing and participate in other challenges and have fun um, while others kind of get to that place. And I think that's, that's, that's the beauty of being in a community with people who are at different places in their hobby is that you can learn from their progress and just keep moving towards that place that feels a little easier and a little more fun. Well, and it keeps everything fresh too, right? So somebody's been around for a long time and they have experience with this one thing, but maybe someone new comes in and you know they've got a breath of fresh air as well. And oh so. yeah, for sure. Well, and everyone likes to feel like that's. I think that's what makes it we're a true community, not just a you know Jennifer and Kim helping people place because everyone's helping each other and everyone loves to have to share advice. That's kind of a natural thing to do. And so somebody asks a question, they immediately get like several replies just within, you know, minutes. And then within hours, there's a lot more, um, you know, sharing lots of different suggestions of how you can handle something. So I think it just this month in particular highlighted how much of that happens in our community and how, you know, folks, some folks have been participating a long time and really made huge progress in having a hobby that really fits their personality. All right. Okay. So decluttering month. Let's, I don't even know where to start on this. Why do you think this is such a big challenge? And I want to say that decluttering, we're really separating this from organizing and using your supplies. Decluttering is different. I feel like maybe there's a lot of emotions sometimes tied up in decluttering. So maybe there's like regret or frustration that you've purchased something and then it didn't work out how you wanted to, or maybe you had a lot of high hopes for something and then it, um, you never made the time for it. So I think there's a lot of emotions tied up into decluttering. I agree. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've even mentioned a lot of those things in, in, in discussion just in this episode so far. Mm-hmm. So I think that's that's probably the maybe a roadblock that stops people from getting started because they don't want to to face some of those emotions or they have a trouble even like separating themselves from it in order to get started. Well, I think sometimes it can be overwhelming depending on what you're starting with. So it's this idea of, you know, do I open that drawer and where do I even start? And so sometimes it's better just to leave the door shut. Right. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes. I totally agree on that. So, and I mean, it's, yeah, it's, it's something I think people are always talking about too. And I think that's why we're giving it a whole month where we can talk about different strategies, um, different ways that you can go fast or go slowly through it and really support our community and in, in tackling this, but without like really just stepping back from the organizing part, because once you reduce the amount of stuff that you have, it's much easier to figure out how to contain it. Oh, that's so key. Sometimes you find you don't even need a separate container because now the three remaining items fit in with the other something that's related to it, you know? So it's the, it's the, it's important to do this in stages too, and to really think about, do I really need all of these things before I go out and buy 12 new containers just to. Yeah. But that's the fun part, right? Like (laughs) I'm going to go to the container store and this is going to change my life. But then there's the actual doing. 
Yes, yes. Well, I think this, so this month's book is one of the best that really fits in with the theme. This is Decluttering at the Speed of Life. And I am, I've, I'm about halfway through this book and I am really loving it. She's, she's funny and she, I really feel like she gets me and she gets my clutter issues and she's like, it's not even quite tough love. It's just very like practical. Here's what you need to do and why your strategies of throwing things in a bag and planning to sort them later aren't really working for you. Well, and I read this last spring. Um, so there's definitely, it's not quite as fresh in my mind, but there were definitely things that I took from it that kind of stayed with me. Um, and she talks a lot. I liked about how it's the idea of, you know, how I said like, oh, it's going to be such a mess and it's so overwhelming. She has approaches to kind of prevent that from being such a problem. Yes, definitely. And I, I, I really appreciate how she recognizes all these different hurdles that people have and she's got an answer for like every one of them. Mm -hmm. So I would almost say like, this is like, this is prerequisite, like jump into this book as soon as you can, um, because it's really going to help you throughout the month at having strategies to focus on your decluttering. Cause I'm, I'm like, I'm raring to go um, Mm -hmm. because I, there's this, I have some projects that definitely need to be done. Yeah. So much, like you said, just a lot of really good, like practical advice. It's not, you know, sometimes you see these things online, like real simple or something, and they're just, they sound nice in theory and maybe they look nice, but they're not very user friendly. And I think she does a good job of addressing those things. Well, she even said like, this book doesn't have pretty pictures of organized spaces. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you see in the magazine. She's like, oh, look at, you yeah. know, look at the row of white containers on the shelf. Everything is so uniform. Like, but do you really need all five containers or do you really only need the stuff that fits in one container? So therefore you don't need a row of them. Right. You know? So do you have any like favorite decluttering tips that we can share to kind of preview what we're going to be talking about with our members next month? Okay. So this sometimes can be kind of harsh, but years ago I heard the phrase that, um, the idea of just in case. So as like a man's name, Justin, last name case does not live here. So whenever my husband and I are doing like a big kind of declutter purge session, usually it involves the basement and there's always some like random, I don't know, home repair item that we have like, well, maybe, maybe we should keep this. And then we always ask, does Justin live here? No, he doesn't. So we just need to (laughs) let this go. So I think and it's a similar type thing with scrapbook supplies, where there's a lot of possibilities. Like, I don't love this scrapbook paper, but maybe I'll use it as a background, or maybe I'll make it as a card, or, you know, there's, it's usable stuff still. And so you feel like you need to make it work. But at the same point in time, am I keeping this just in case? And if that's the situation, maybe it's time to give it a new home. Well, I think there's there's so many different options that you have for letting go of supplies. We actually have a uh, an arts and crafts supply resale shop in our town mm-hmm. that benefits our school's foundation. So I tend to take a lot of things there. Um, you know, elementary schools, especially preschools, they love receiving extra craft supplies. Um, you know, as much as I, I do have some things that I have saved for Emily, I try to, to not make that the default because then that's just mm-hmm. more clutter that I have to still sort. To go through later, yeah. Yeah, so I try to I do get do, things out of my home. If you go to ever, like a lot of live crafts will have like a trash to treasure table. And so I would, for years I went to the same one every fall with a group of ladies. So I would actually, I had like an iris container that I would just throw stuff in throughout the year. 
And then, you know, every fall I would take that with me and just leave it at the trash treasure table. And one time, um, a family friend had assisted somebody, um, I think the, a lady had passed away and she had a bunch of scrapbooking supplies. And so a family friend had gone through it and had passed them along to me. And, you know, I had this, I think like a couple just giant boxes that I took and people were like following me to the trash treasure table because they wanted to dig through it. So, you know, that is a good situation because you feel like people are going to use and appreciate those supplies. Like they're so excited about them. So it makes the idea of like letting them go, I think a little easier. So there's kind of like a a flip side to that that I always think about when it comes to our community and maybe Mm -hmm. why I've never wanted to like host like a virtual trash to treasure type of thing. Like Mm -hmm. let's swap boxes or whatever, because none of us really need more stuff. I don't know. Like I I can just see both sides of it. I think it depends on your situation. Cause there was one lady, she made scrapbooks for, I want to say it was the children's hospital and Mm -hmm. it was, I don't know if it was babies that were in the NICU or something to help those families document that situation in their family or that time period. And so, you know, she was just excited, you know, to have options for things that she didn't have to pay for. Um, and the thing is, a lot of these things, this lady was a big stamper. And so I'm not that big of a stamper. So a lot of them were things, you know, the perfectly good supplies. But yeah, it kind of depends on, are you just handing off this burden to someone else. Correct. And maybe maybe there is that thing like, oh, I was thinking about buying one of those, but now here's yep. this this thing that now I have and I don't need to buy something else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, really thinking about, well, it's the same with like going to home goods. Everything there is beautiful, but do you really need to bring it home? You need to think about, okay, what function is this serving? Like, oh, I need a place to corral my all my my ladles and big utensils. So that's mm-hmm. why I'm buying this, you know, jar thingy. Um, but if you don't have a clear purpose for it, then maybe it's not something you should pick up. Right. Or the, you know, going to Tuesday morning and seeing all the really great deals on scrapbook supplies. And I always like ask the question, like, would I have paid full price for this? Or did I even ever consider that? Um, and yeah, like sometimes a deal is not always a great deal. I don't know. We're getting off track here. (laughs) But no, but I mean, it still kind of follows along lines with the decluttering as far as I guess not adding more clutter to your current situation. So just to be mindful of that as you let things go. Also, you need to be aware of what's coming in. Yes. No, that's very true. So next month on the podcast, I have um, have three different interviews. One talking about decluttering photos, one talking about decluttering digital supplies, and one about decluttering physical supplies. And in each interview, I ask the guests, like, what is your advice for preventing future clutter buildup? I think that's probably the, even the more important step than how do we get rid of this stuff is how do I prevent this mm-hmm. from happening again? So I don't ha- I'm not back in the same place in six months or a year. Yeah, that's a key question to answer. And sometimes, you know, it, you'll stumble, but I think over time is, well, even with decluttering, right? As you like go through the process again and again, I think you just kind of hone those skills. Yeah, and I think, it, yeah, I think that's the... <laughs> I agree. And I think that that's something that the author of Decluttering a Speed of Light, Dana White, she really uh, recommends working in layers because that is so, it's so essential because you can't do everything in one bite unless you want it to feel overwhelming. So if you Mm -hmm. just start with like, where's the trash? And then where's the obvious things? And then just making each step a little bit harder, but then 
narrowing your focus with each step so that you're looking at one single box or one single drawer and treating that as his own little project. It's like I did with my travel toiletries. I didn't say I wanted to clutter my whole dresser. I'm just doing this one drawer and this one category of thing. And I sat on the floor. It took, it only took like 20 minutes, but you know, I had to set the time to do it and sit down, but because yeah, I'm, my brain is not working now. No, you're good. Well, I think that is huge for like scrapbooking supplies. Well, at least for definitely for physical because a lot of it's just like it's they're small. Well, I'm thinking like die cuts or embellishments, right? They're small. Like some of them really delicate. Like if you would empty a drawer full of that stuff, it could just be chaos quickly. So if you had like a whole room that you just took apart, that would that can be very overwhelming. Well, I think the thing with layers that I've noticed in my office in particular is that, especially with the trash layer and the obvious clutter, office, mm-hmm. it, oftentimes it's not even the scrapbook supplies. It's all the other stuff of yeah. your life that's actually blocking the scrapbook supplies. And so you never even get to the point of decluttering the scrapbook supplies because you're constantly just shuffling papers and things around that are, you know, blocking them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that happens to me a lot. Especially with like <laughs> memorabilia and just, you know, you know, random, you know, the, the pile of paper that sits next to my trimmer of all the pieces that I trimmed off and, you know, yes. all that is like needs to be taken care of so that I can get to the point of actually going through and making some harder decisions about my supplies. So I did start getting things done. I know we talked about this. Well, we both talked about like on a live, like a Zoom event and then also I think on the podcast and he talks a lot, the idea of, well, there's of course like a flow chart of how you're supposed to address this thing, but the idea of you need to make a decision. Like, is there going to be an action that you can take on this? Is this trash? Does this get deferred? But it's not just a matter of constantly going through the same pile over and over. You need to like make forward progress. So what are you thinking of this book overall? Cause I'm, you know, we mentioned this briefly before the call. In the end, I did not really enjoy Indistractable. And it just reminded me of so many productivity books. And I'm going to stereotype here. Productivity books we've read for book club that are written by men that just don't feel realistic for my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. So this, I feel like, is a little different. And I know it says it's a productivity book, but I think it's really more about organizing your thoughts. And what I've noticed. So I just renewed the book. So I've had it for three weeks and I'm actually not all the way through it yet because I have just been taking it very slowly because it is jam packed with information and a lot to process. And at the same point in time, I'm kind of evolving my, how I'm gathering my thoughts. Okay. Um, so that is actually very, that's a lot of mental effort. If you're trying to like kind of wrap your head around all these things. Because what I realized is I had a way that I gathered kind of like my weekly maintenance tasks. I had, so that was in the Toady app. And then I had Trello. I had a board that was kind of long-term project tasks. And then in my day-to-day planner, I'd have kind of the kind of one-off oddball things that would pop up. And then I had multiple email addresses. I had, um, I used Gmail for my calendar, even though that wasn't my main email app that I use. So I just had, I had a lot of the elements that he recommends, but they were just strewn about. So I wasn't doing a, I wasn't able to just kind of like sit down and get an overview. And I think that's really what he is advising is this idea of kind of like, once you know everything that is 
kind of on your radar, either like that's immediate or, you know, possibilities in the future, kind of like a someday type thing, then you can assess it and then better make choices going forward about what you want to do. So you're not always just like, oh, yeah, I have to remember this. I have to remember this because it does kind of weigh on you, I think. Mm -hmm, For sure. Um, So it's the idea of like your brain isn't there to store this information. It's to free your brain up for this more creative thinking or like how to like move forward on these whatever task items that you have. Um, because you're externalizing all the remembering. So I don't want to punch him. I think that's good. (laughs) Yeah. So I think that's good. Um, I've heard he has a podcast or there's a podcast sometimes. Um, and so I don't know that I've enjoyed that as much, but definitely kind of the processes that he lays out in the book, they seem, they make sense. Um, so as I've been kind of slowly implementing some of these things over the past few weeks, um, you know, I'm seeing some benefits, but then also just the challenge of doing something new. So, Oh, sure. Well, I look forward to continuing to hear about your progress. And it really makes me want to dive in and see how we can, I can connect some of those ideas personally, and then maybe how we can also reframe some of those for scrapbookers. Well, and I think that's a lot of it too, like, cause that's, um, he had, I want to say in like one of the early chapters, it was like, uh, it just was exactly reminded me of the whole creative hub concept. It was like, well, that's that. Awesome. So, yeah. So I think, like I said, there's a lot of the things that we currently do. It's just a matter of like uniting them all together. Well, I think that's in every single conversation I've had about decluttering and organization, whether we're talking about stuff or ideas, is that mm-hmm. you have to have a home for everything. Because if you don't have a home, a place to put it, whatever it is, then you're going to struggle because you won't know how to find the thing or you'll have too many of the things. So it's having that home uh, really makes a difference. Or the thing just gets shuffled around. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's homeless. Do you want your things to be homeless? No. Mm-hmm. Well, and then the other added layer to that is to put your things where they belong when you're done using them. Yes. And that I struggle with in my scrapbook room, which is just kind of silly. I Right? It's I try to make it as simple as possible, and I just need to make that a priority. Last um, Wednesday, one of our scrapbookers has started to host Wednesday lunch crafts. So I've tried to attend those just for an hour in the noon to one. And I finished this pocket page that has been sitting on my desk for weeks. And I was kind of like, well, I'm done now. So I was going to like run off and I don't know, go clean a bathroom or something. But I was like, you know what? I'm going to take two minutes while I'm still online with you all and actually tidy the space up. Nice. And yeah, it took like no time at all. So I think decluttering as much as it's not, it's a habit to some extent. Yes. Because like, you're not going to get everything's like organized and purged and, you know, unless nothing ever comes into your life ever again, like it's not a stagnant situation. So I think trying to establish those habits is always a good goal to have. And sometimes you'll stumble, but sometimes you'll do it and it it feels good. So I think the more often that you can do that and see the positive benefits, the easier it'll be to continue to follow through. When I always try to also remember, to also remind scrapbookers that you can treat your hobby the way you do your, the other parts of your life. Like you can use the skills that you have and, you know, trying to tidy up your kitchen, like, you know, drying off that, that mixing bowl and putting it back in the cabinet instead of leaving it on the drying rack. You know, those skills apply to your scrapbooking room as well. And the more that you just 
make that a habit, you'll find that it even trickles over into every aspect of your life. But oh, think about yeah. where you're the most organized and examine the habits you have there and then try to apply those back to your, your crafty area. 100%. Because I imagine you're the type that puts away your mixing bowl. I don't. I'm oh. a drying rack person. I know. <laughs> and I that's like a habit I want to change. But I think by the time it's the end of the day, I... I'm just ready to be done. I'm definitely more of a morning person. Or a lot of times my husband's like, well, you cooked all clean. And it's kind of, you know, um, I put what fits into the dishwasher and then I leave the rest. So that's kind of sometimes what that ends up being. So, um, oh, so fascinating. No, yeah. Nope. I'm a, I'm a drying rack person. So yeah. my husband's been on me. He's like, can you just please like put the things away? Like, do they need to sit on the drying? Like we have a drying mat actually. Yes. And I'm yeah. like, well, they're drying. He's like, well, it doesn't take that long for them to dry. And we have towels. So just like dry them yeah. and put them away. <laughs> no, he's 100% right. But no, I think I'm always thinking, I'm always wanting to go on to the next thing. Oh, yeah. And just everything in life. Like, right, with like the, even like the scrapbooking last week. I'm like, all right, I'm done with this. I'm going on to my, like, I need, it's the idea of closing the circle. Mm-hmm. And it, we talked about this a little bit. Um, and I know with um one of the members earlier this year, the idea of like, bringing something completely to the end. Um, and I think mentally, right? Like mentally that laundry's, you know, washed and dried and folded. So in my mind, I'm like ready to move on, but I still need to like put those things away. Right. Yes. Yes. So, and that thing applies with, yeah. So yeah, I have my finished product, my finished layout, but I still need to, you know, clean my stamp and throw my paper bits into the recycling and file things away and, a lot of times those things don't take long at all. It's just, I guess, the dedication to like see it through to the end and well, what you define as the end. Because I think mentally I'm ready to like move on, whereas I need to maybe slow that train down a little bit. Yeah, because it, doesn't, it often doesn't take as much time. But this, I think this whole thing, this whole discussion here is really the biggest tip of how to avoid clutter in the future is just making sure you're closing the loop on things because then things are ready for next time and next time you can go deeper in the layer. So even like I am the worst at like starting a decluttering project and then leaving mm-hmm. things strewn about for weeks until I get back to it. Yeah. And so I think that's that's also a challenge. And I think that's the one of the best tips so far in the book is that you need to break this down into, you know, five minutes. And, and some of the strategies she gives, make sure that you don't start a project that becomes kind of more mess than it was more before. More clutter. Yes. Yeah. All right. This has been so fun, Kim. Let's wrap things up by talking just a bit about uh, next month's event. So as you guys know, we're doing one a month, one event a month at Simple Scrapper. And next month is Stash Bash. This is like something that our members always look forward to. What do you think is like the best part of Stash Bash? Um, I think it's very interesting that we give options I mean, people can do whatever they their particular needs are at the moment, but we kind of structured out like three tracks, if you will. There's like a decluttering one, organizing, and then kind of a create, use your stash option. And I find it really interesting because everyone's working on their own individual projects and needs. So it's really fun to kind of see across the board what people are working on and the progress that they make. So yes. last fall, I did um, the uh, closet in my scrap room, and it was 
I took before and after pictures and it just can be really rewarding. So I even enjoy that vicariously through other people's projects. <laughs> so um, I always like the transformations that occur. Well, yeah, you love HGTV for that transformation. Oh, yeah. We talked about that before. Like just that before and after is very satisfying to you. And I think mm-hmm. that's that's one of the, the most fun parts of this is you can have your own before and after as well as experience that through others and like feed off the, all the energy of coming together But yet still having it so personalized, you know, as we've talked about with the Find Your Way month, is that we're we're never going to tell you exactly what you have to do. We're going to guide you and give you lots of suggestions. And, you know, this is decluttering month. We're going to be offering some, you know, additional nudges in that direction. But if that's not your priority right now, we want you to pick what is your priority. Yeah. So I don't know. I I always enjoy that. And, you know, I love a good organization. So plus you get a lot of tips for tips and tricks for like, you know, I've had, I'm struggling to organize my embellishments or my letter stickers. And you can say like, what does everyone else do? And yes. you know, that gives you some new options that is very quickly and easily gives you those options. You're not spending hours, you know, scrolling on Pinterest to look for different ideas or buying specialty containers or so I just like the, how everybody can come together. Um, and kind of share their knowledge and their experiences. Well, and yeah, like get information quickly without, as you said, getting distracted. Mm-hmm. So what do you hope to accomplish during this next session? So like I said, I did some organizing last session that we did. So I think I'm going to be in the create, use your stash section. Um, so I've been doing a lot of like the digital photo book type things lately. And so some of my paper products have kind of been neglected. Um, and when we went to our simple scrapper retreat last October, I had prepped a bunch of pages for an album that never got finished. So I'm kind of to the point where it'd be nice to kind of put the final touches on those because a lot of them, since I kind of generally do that hybrid approach. Like I have journaling, I have photos, I have designs. Now I just need to build the pages. Yeah. Well, I think that's that, that's that, that connects back to the, the following through and closing the loop on certain Mm -hmm. things too. And being more, being more of a finisher, I guess. Yeah. So that will be hopefully very satisfying. Yeah, I think so. So I'm at, so my trip actually happens during Stash Bash. So you'll be kind of taking the reins. And I know our members are going to provide a lot of support as well. I've also kind of enlisted some of our creative team members to make sure that things are under control. But one of my goals before I leave is to tackle my, as everyone has started calling it, my Monica's <laughs> closet. Because my, my office right now is very tidy. It looks so nice. I feel so comfortable in it now. And that's because... I shoved a lot of things in the closet and it's the point where I can't really open the door without things falling out, which is like both satisfying and embarrassing at the same time. Um, so I really need to tackle that because I think when I come back, I'm going to be like, Oh gosh, why didn't I tackle that before? Um, so that's kind of like, I think it'll be a weekend project. Maybe this coming weekend, we'll see what's going on. I've got two weekends left before we go. And so I really feel like this needs to be done. And I hope to be a, a good role model for all of our members as well. Well, and you can apply all that you're learning from the book. Yes, yes. I, I will definitely be using the strategies to make this a possibility. Because, yeah, right now there's a giant uh, light in there that, that tries to fall out every time I open the door. Oh, that can be dangerous. Um, and before and after photos. Yes. Oh, need of to be course. Taken. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
So like I said, I just, I will, I can organize vicariously through people. It's very exciting. Well, that's why I think it's also important that I get it done before I go so that I can, you know, leave everyone with some great inspiration about what's possible Mm -hmm. when you really put your mind to it and also follow all the strategies that are in the book. Because I, you know, I feel like that, you know, we've shared a lot of different strategies over the years, like using timers and, you know, really putting boundaries on your projects. But she like, she really goes into it and provides some things that we've, I've never tried before. And so I'm looking forward to doing some of that. Well, I'll be looking forward to hearing how it goes. All right, Kim, thank you so much for everything that you do and for joining me on the show. Can't wait to talk next month and see how everything went. Um, Yeah, you have a great month and everyone out there listening. I hope you um, really dive into decluttering during March. And as always, thank you for listening and remember that you have permission to scrapbook your way.